I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, July 31st, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and technology all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, this is a troubling one. A real estate agent in BC has been fined $20,000 by a regulatory body after he was caught on a home surveillance camera taking a big swig of milk straight out of the jug from his client's fridge. Now, a friendly reminder to Peak Pals that whether it's your fridge or not, just use a glass. It's not that hard. Jay, this is hard for me to imagine. I wouldn't even do this with my own milk in my own house. I'm surprised they have cartons of milk somewhere in Canada, but I'm sort of joking around that. Did he do it out of a bag or did he do it out of an actual carton of milk? And I can't help but think this is like the chunky lemon milk in the office for all you office fans out there. Kevin drinks a swig of Andy's milk since he's in a way and it's really disgusting. Please don't do this, even if it's your own house. I think that's a good point, though, Jay, which is if I open a fridge and I'm thirsty, milk is not the first thing I'm going for. Or And if it's milk, I'm going to get water. I'd prefer water over milk. And so anyways, I think it's a big fine. I'm not sure if it's warranted, but I do think some action had to be taken. Well, but I got a question, though. Yeah. Did he sell the house? Well, we'll have to do a follow-up on this one if we can find out. (laughs) Coming to a podcast near you, Brett, aside from this disgusting story of drinking someone else's milk, straight from the carton, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, your pension fund's next investment, Transit. For our second story, OpenAI's deal with AP comes with a catch. And for our last story, El Salvador's gang crackdown. For our first story, a new train system launching today in Montreal is said to reshape how people get around the city and could become a proof of concept for a new way of building infrastructure elsewhere in the country. Brett, catch the Peak Pals up about Montreal's newest train. Okay, so the first phase of the Réseau Express Metropolitan, the REM, will whisk riders from the suburb of Brossard to Montreal's Central Station, a trip that takes up to 40 minutes in rush hour traffic that will now be able to be done in just 18 minutes on the train. That's pretty good. Once complete, the REM network will be one of the largest automated light rail systems in the world. And it matters because the REM was built and will be operated by the Caisse de Dépôt et Placement du Québec, the province's largest pension fund manager, and will be watched closely as a test case for future pension-owned infrastructure projects. Pension funds do invest in infrastructure, but typically only once it's already built and operating and therefore a lot less risky. And in this case, the case took on the risk of cost overruns and construction delays in exchange for a higher share of profits generated by fares. Yes, but transit projects are risky because, well, ridership and therefore fare revenue is difficult to predict. And most pension funds have little appetite for projects that come with a serious risk of losing money. With shifting work and commuting habits, transit ridership forecasts have become even hazier in recent years. This is a quote from the former chief of the Alberta Investment Management Corporation. This is what he told Reuters. I think the risk profile on the REM investment is very, very high. So this guy, Leo DeBev, is not keen on this investment by the pension fund. Yeah, it's interesting. So next case isn't done with transit projects. It's among the three finalists selected by the federal government to bid on a high-frequency rail line between Quebec City and Toronto due to be awarded next year. For our second story, the Associated Press might have been the first news outlet to cut an AI licensing deal but they made sure they weren't giving OpenAI an early bird discount. Here's what's happened. The Associated Press, the AP, the first news publisher to strike a content licensing deal with OpenAI, has built-in safeguards to the agreement that reflect the uncertainty of news content's value and a future with powerful AI platforms. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. The first mover clause is designed to protect AP by allowing them to renegotiate the terms of the agreement if another publisher lands a more lucrative deal with OpenAI. 
And it's happening because tools like ChatGPT pull in information from news sources, and publishers worry that people will eventually bypass their websites and therefore the ads altogether to get their info. They want to make sure that if chatbots are using their stories, they're getting a cut of it. And this matters because the Associated Press, including this level of protection in their deal, shows that the news media doesn't yet know how valuable their content is to AI models. News Corp, the parent company of the Wall Street Journal, has hired consultants to try and assess the value of its content specifically for training AI. While AP didn't release the financial details of its deal with OpenAI, the figures will likely serve as a benchmark for determining the value of news content for future deals. Now to zoom out, the emergence of AI technology has quickly forced publishers to explore new ways to protect and then monetize their content. News Corp has toyed with the prospect of using blockchain technology to tag individual pieces of content to determine if AI models are using it without permission. But here's the bottom line. The media industry doesn't want to repeat its mistakes of the early internet era when tech companies like Google and Facebook devastated the news media's business model. For our third story on this Monday, in Central America, El Salvador's president has become more popular than the Pope. And no, it's not because he decided to make Bitcoin the legal tender. And here's why he's so popular. The country once known for having the world's highest murder rate has locked away over 70,000 accused criminals in the last year, part of a sweeping campaign to crack down on gangs and cut the homicide rate by 92% from 2015 levels. President Nayib Bukele's approval rating now sits at 90%, the highest of any politician in the region, including the leaders of both Brazil and Mexico. And to catch you up, nearly 7% of the country's male population aged 14 to 29 is now in jail. Some on shaky grounds, a suspicious tattoo or anonymous tip is sufficient evidence, though about 6,000 people have been released. Those detained have yet to face individual trials. That's not great. Critics claim innocent people have been arrested, human rights have been violated, and the crackdown doesn't address the underlying causes of the crime. Now, this all kind of matters because if Bukele continues to consolidate his power, a good thing could turn sour in the long run. The man who dubbed himself the coolest dictator in the world is already seeking another term as president, though the country's constitution does not allow re-elections. <laughs> is the bar really set that high for cool dictators? I don't really know. But many Salvadorans are aware of these risks, but tolerate the authoritarian tendencies of Bukele because they support his anti-gang campaign. I'd encourage Peak Pals to look him up on Wikipedia. He wears a backwards hat often, which I think where he thinks the cool comes from. Yeah. Now, the country's central bank found gang activity had stifled economic growth, costing $4 billion, but 16% of their GDP in 2014, and affecting 70% of small businesses. Now, to zoom out, what? officials are still figuring out the legality and economics of keeping over 70,000 people in prison, and definitely kind of. But other countries grappling with high crime are already adopting the playbook. In December, Honduras rolled out a similar hardline approach. Peak Pals, thanks for making us Canada's most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a great Monday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.